College Football Live is presented by Dr. Pepper. I tell you one thing, you don't need a lot of motivation. Sell out crowd, 90,000. Bama is where you come for pressure. You get to play in environments like that. Embrace it. Virginia Tech's had possession of the Black Diamond Trophy for over 6,000 days now. Deep. He got it! How about that? This is why you come to Florida to play in games like this. We can open a lot of eyes. This is as good as it gets. What a weekend on top. Happy to have you with us for College Football Live with Sam Macho and Eric McLean. I'm Wendy Nix. We start this afternoon with a rivalry renewed. Top-ranked Alabama on the road to face number 11 Florida at the Swamp as we take a look back at some of the best moments from these two. How about 1992? The Tide were undefeated. The score was tied, but Florida quarterback Sane Matthews threw an interception returned by Antonio Langham for the game-winning touchdown. Move 16 years ahead to the SEC Championship. Alabama and Florida 1-4 and four respectively. Florida handed Alabama their first loss of the season behind a three-touchdown performance from Tim Tebow. And most recently, we have the 2020 matchup in the SEC Championship game, a shootout with Alabama, just the third FBS Conference Championship game all time where both teams scored more than 45 points. We know how good of an opponent Florida is. We know how hostile of an environment it's going to be. So um, we know how hard we have to work and how much we have to prepare for them. We know it's going to be loud. We know there's going to be a lot of energy. Um, and it's a really good team. So again, it comes with preparation throughout the week. This is why you come to Florida, you know, so you could play in these type of games and, and this environment. So it means a lot just because you want to play in big games. So it's fun. A crowd behind you, having 90,000 Gator fans going crazy, always gives you uh, a little bit of an edge and a, and a little bit of an advantage. Time for our weekend wake up brought to you by Wendy's Breakfast. Alabama has a 75% chance to reach this year's college football playoff. That's the best in the FBS, according to the All-State Playoff Predictor. The Gators are eighth at 15%, but could close the gap significantly with a win on Saturday. To do that, they'll need stellar play from the quarterback position, Eric. And you know what? They're sticking with Emory Jones for now, but we know both quarterbacks are expected to play uh, what do you expect and how do you anticipate this to play out with the dual quarterback system? Yeah, two quarterback systems are, are always interesting. And, and when you can have two guys who are very different and, and not alike at all, that presents unique challenges. Now, as an offensive lineman, as a former player, I didn't love it. I, I didn't think that it was the, the greatest thing for us. But Emory Jones is a great talent. Anthony Richardson can do so many things with his legs and for you that you almost don't want to leave him on the sideline. So going to be interesting. You know, how much does Anthony play? How much does he get in there? Uh, because we know that Emory is the guy. We know that he's their leader. Uh, but just how far will this two-quarterback system go? Yeah, that's the question, Eric, and I love it. Like, two quarterback systems either work really well or they fail really miserably. And obviously, Anthony Richardson, it's a phenomenal talent, maybe the best talent at quarterback that Florida has had. But when I think about this game, I think about defense, and not any defense, Alabama's defense. They've got Henry Toa Toa at middle linebacker, and they've got Christian Harris as well, who may be just spying Anthony Richardson if Anthony Richardson happens to go in the game and so yes two quarterback systems are great but you got a Mike linebacker right there a quarterback on the defense who is 
dominant. Not only is he dominant, but he's the guy who gets the guys around him in the right place at the right time. Transfer from Tennessee. He gets everybody where they, where they need to be. And that's why Alabama's defense is the best they've been probably in about a decade. That's bad news for just about everybody they play because they've been pretty darn good in that decade, Sam. And, of course, this forces Nick Saban to get ready for two quarterbacks, but we also know he's a pro at preparing his players and preparing his defense. It's time now for our Dr. Pepper Championship Drive Game of the Week preview. Number 19 Arizona State faces 23-ranked BYU on Saturday. That's a 10-15 Eastern kickoff on ESPN. Arizona State has dominated the all-time series against BYU, leading with 20 wins. But in their most recent matchup, that was in 1998, so it's been some time, the Cougars got the win. Sam, I'll start with you and what we know. First, though, let's hear from the head coach. All right, Sam, we will yeah, start well, with you. With Tell what me we what know... we need to know about BYU. Well, what we need to know is that BYU is for real. Like, I tweeted that after the game. I watched the game last week. I was like, dude, they are for real. And no one really believes that BYU is for real. It's kind of that team that, yeah, they're winning, but they don't really play anybody. But they beat Utah, a ranked team, a good team, a team they rarely beat last week. BYU is for real. It starts with their quarterback in Jaron Hall. So he doesn't turn the ball over, no interceptions, five touchdowns. But more than anything, it's a culture. They have a winning culture, a belief system. Yes, we all understand that Zach Wilson is gone. Who's going to replace him? That man right there, number three, Jaron Hall. It's not Zach Wilson. He doesn't have to be Zach Wilson. They tell him, be you. Don't be anybody else, but be you. Take care of the ball. Build this physical culture. Do what we need to do to win. And so they have a belief system from top to bottom, from the head coach to the quarterback, all the way down to the bottom of the roster. They are not pretending, nor are they pretenders. They are legit and here to stay. Sam, I love that, man. And really what you just said there with the culture and, and the culture that is in place, when you lose a star player as the caliber of Zach Wilson, you expect there to be some, some drop-off, some step-back. When you lose three dynamic offensive linemen, you expect the offense to take a step backwards, and that is not what BYU has done. Has had two fantastic wins, have really been tested. And how about their week last week, man, to accept it to the Big 12, to get into the Big 12, then to beat a ranked Utah team. Man, this, this BYU team is looking fantastic. But when you look on the other side and you look at Arizona State, you look at their quarterback play, that's what I'm very interested to see. You know, can Jaden Daniels turn it up a notch? Can he be that player that we thought that he was going to become after that electric freshman year, which we've seen flashes, we've seen the big throws, we've seen the command of the offense and him being able to run the ball, but was it just too much pressure? You know, we will find out, but excited to see this young man against BYU and to take those next steps. Well, it's a big opportunity because it's certainly a big stage. And to your point, Sam, it feels like BYU has had a season already. We just played a few games and already it almost feels like they've had a full season. Uh, listen, you know what it will feel like in State College over the weekend? Loud, for one. It will also be extremely white. It's the annual whiteout game. College game day will be there. And we'll take a look coming up on College Football Live at what has to happen. Uh, the biggest state, for, the biggest test for Penn State and Auburn. Again, the annual whiteout game. We'll talk about what has to happen and what's at stake for both of these teams when we come back. College Football Live is presented by delicious ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve.
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You're watching College Football Live, presented by Dr. Pepper. two opponents by a combined score of 122 to 10 but let's not crown Auburn just yet we should know a lot more about the new look Tigers after Saturday's matchup again Penn State where the scene should be nothing short of insane in the annual whiteout game in Happy Valley yeah what's at stake for us in this game I think number one uh, you know, just traveling and having a chance to play on the road and doing that and then obviously handle the adversity in the stadium and uh, the environment uh, when we go play at somebody else's house. It's just important for us to go out and play clean. I think that this will set the kind of um, the standard for the rest of the season and how we do in this game and um, it'll really give us momentum um, moving into the rest of the season. Obviously it's an exciting game and the fans are excited about it and those types of things. It's a great opportunity for us. We've embraced it. early the Tigers have been the best in the country on offense under first year head coach Brian Harson. as I mentioned they've outscored their opponents 122 to 10 and scored at least 60 points in consecutive games for the first time since 1932 that said they have yet faced a defense like they'll one they will see from the Nittany Lions we'll talk about what's at stake for both teams Sam but I'll start with you and the home team what's at stake for Penn State this weekend. Yeah, well, everything. In a lot of ways, the Big Ten is at stake. Penn State has an opportunity to take hold and take control of the Big Ten. Yes, Ohio State lost last week. We understand that. They lost to a really good Oregon team. But Penn State may very well be for real. Like, that guy right there is a beast. And so, number one. Number two, they got a couple games coming up. They got Iowa in October. They got Ohio State in October. And they got Michigan later on. And so, if Penn State can win this game against Auburn, if they can slow down Auburn's explosive offense, they will be back on the scene and saying, hey, Big Ten, putting you on notice, we're here to stay. I love that. And I think it's it's such a big opportunity for those guys, as you just said, with Ohio State losing to say, hey, look, look at us to raise some eyebrows and to say, hey, Penn State, we're, we're, we're here to stay. We're a staying power. Guys, one thing that I cannot wait to see is that environment. It, it is going to be incredible. It's going to be so loud. The fans are going to be absolutely juiced up. Sean Clifford, just a tremendous leader for this Penn State team, a great quarterback, really a dual threat guy. And then Big Dotson out on the, the perimeter there, wide receiver. Excited to see that duo and how do they go against this Auburn team. So you look a little bit more of a, a challenging start for Penn State than, than Auburn, but those guys are going to be ready to go. 
Listen, let's switch gears here and talk about Auburn. What's interesting, Sam, is look, it's two games and it's not the strongest of opponents, but for a first-time head coach or a first-year head coach, I should say, at Auburn, they really needed to set a tone and they've done that, at least offensively. What's at stake for Auburn in this game? Yeah, well, Auburn yeah, has I think a proven track record of winning, right? Oh, no, no, you got it, you got it, you got it. I think when you when you look Go at ahead, Auburn, Eric. man, I, I think when you see them, number one, you know, we, we're not sure about who they really are. You know, when, when you start with two appearances or two opponents, excuse me, like that, you know, who are you? You you only show us a two or three plays here. I was reading, you know, just the clips from Penn State saying, we're watching tape from South Carolina, from Boise State, from Colorado State, to really figure out who this team is with a brand new coaching staff. And you talk about what's at stake. I mean, they have a grueling schedule in front of them. So this is a great kind of strength win for them if they're able to do so and go on the road at a great place like Penn State and, and kind of prove to the SEC, hey, we get it's Alabama's conference this year. It looks like that, but, you know, don't count us out quite yet. No, Eric, that's such a great point. There's a lot at stake for Auburn, right? Like, Auburn has been irrelevant in a lot of ways for the last few years, and now all of a sudden they're jumping back into relevancy with Brian Harson. But you talked about that grueling schedule. If Auburn loses this game, you have Georgia coming up. You've got Arkansas coming up. You've got Ole Miss coming up. That's all in October. Then you go to November, you got A&M, all ranked teams. And so, like, Auburn, this is one of those tipping point moments when it comes to a college football season. If you win this game and go on a run, I remember playing back at Texas in college, we played like five or six ranked teams in a row. We went on a run. All of a sudden, game day was at our spot every week. And so Auburn has a chance to really turn the tides on their program and say, once again, SEC, we're putting you on notice. Sam, you played at Texas. I didn't know. I never heard you mention it before. Go figure. Uh, listen, what a, what a game it will be on Saturday night. It is Saturday Night Football presented by Capital One, the annual whiteout game at Happy Valley. Number 22, Auburn takes on number 10, Penn State. Just the third ever meeting between these two teams. 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific. That's on ABC and the ESPN app. One app, one tap. Meanwhile, James Franklin addressed the USC job uh, like many coaches, he's been asked about the vacancy. Franklin addressed those rumors, insisted he did not want any speculation to be a distraction for his current team, especially as they prepare for such a big game over the weekend. I've also um, found and tracked this over time um, that really no matter what you say, uh, people aren't happy with. Um, so I've decided that I'm going to handle this internally uh, and talk to our team. It happens every single year. Um, I'm not worried about um, I'm not worried about distractions in the media, and with the fans, I'm worried about my team. So I, I talk to my staff about it. I talk to the players about it. The leadership council in detail. Um, but you know, I think that's the best approach. The Trojans have had four different head coaches since Pete Carroll went to the Seahawks. That was following the 09 season. And since 2016, USC has gone 40 and 20, the second best record in the Pac 12 during that time. But they have not won the Pac 12 championship since 2017. Sam, listen, it's so easy to talk about the tradition, the program that we think of when we say USC. You also talk about some of these marquee head coaches around the country. Which, which is the difference maker? Is it the tradition or the coach in terms of uh, recruiting and building a program? 
Yeah, well, I think coaches bring and build tradition. I think that's what we're seeing. Yes, a, a storied program might be storied, but those are just stories, right? Coaches come and bring the actual tradition, the goals, the teamwork, and the culture to a team. Look at look at USC. Before Pete Carroll, USC wasn't as relevant. Then Pete Carroll got there, and it's championship. It's bowl games. It's Matt Leinart. It's Reggie Bush. It's everybody. Then he leaves, and it's not that. Right, same thing with Mac Brown at Texas. He was there, and Texas was going to championships, and it wasn't that. Same thing with Nick Saban, right? Nick Saban brought Alabama to prominence. And so, yes, there's a story to be told about, about storied programs, but for me, when I look at it, I think these coaches are the ones who build the culture to bring teams to winning states. Wendy, I, I think that it's certainly something where tradition is important, and, and when you see that, it's certainly a relevant factor, but it all comes down to coaching. You know, schematically, what are you doing recruiting-wise? You look around the top programs in college football right now and top quarterbacks of who we perceive to, to be on the big boards and, and potentially win Heismans. A lot of those guys are from California, and guess what? They didn't stay home, not only in the Pac-12, but certainly not at UCLA or USC, as we're discussing here. So I think that is one of the biggest things, is this next coach that comes in kind of takes the Mac Brown approach and what he's been able to do in the ACC and at North Carolina, put a border up around where you are and say, hey, nobody's leaving this state without at least a shot at USC. That's what You've got to keep that talent home. You have to, especially in a talent-rich state like California. And you're right, that list of names, notable names that have left the state, I mean, it, it'll get your attention. And that recruiting is going to make a huge difference as USC tries to right the ship and get back on track. Uh, nothing to get back on track when we talk, I don't mind. Sam's going to show you <laughs> what made him crazy after week two in college football. College Football Live is presented by Delicious Ice Cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Welcome to Monday Night Football with Peyton and Eli. This is what John Gruden is saying to Derek Carr. No huddle. Eli, they're going Bronco right tight, shorty flash. I'll let you know. Hey, deuce right, scat right, <laughs> double post. No, I, 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 okay, I'm just going to call my own play. Blue 20, blue 20. Easy, easy. Can, can. This helmet doesn't fit. Shocking, shocking that a helmet doesn't fit you. Peyton asked to get some wings. I know how you get when you get hungry. There's oh, a great shot that of looks, you. That looks great. I feel like I'm at, at Manning Passing Academy. Oh, well, yeah. Why am I telling him to throw it away? I, I taught him that at the Manning Passing Academy. What the heck is going on here? This was fun, bro. Hey, Coach. Lisa, what's going on, man? What are you doing here? Well, Coach, I don't know if you know, but I'm uh, going back to school. I'm getting an advanced degree in football studies. I'm on spring break, and I got some homework to do. Well, I'm, you're going to have a fun time trying to find a projector because that's not exactly how we watch film anymore. Peyton Cooper on the way. They'll be in tonight, and we're going to watch some film, but also enjoy a little spring break action, too. You got a hot tub in there, Coach? No. Eli's places, and of course, the Manning Mega Cast. You can't get enough. You're in luck. Plenty of the Manning brothers across our networks in the next few days. In the meantime, we're getting ready for another weekend of college football. We've talked about teams we need to be watching. There are certain players who are making a name for themselves on the biggest stages as well. Eric, what players should we keep an eye on? 
Yeah, with Michigan State, Kenneth Walker III, guys, he, he's a tremendous running back. Transfer from Wake Forest, going against the Miami Hurricanes this week, and, and the fourth leading rusher in FBS, Kenneth Walker, is. He, he's so dynamic. He's great with his feet. He has great vision, able to get out of the backfield in a hurry, and then the power to do so as well. So he's a guy to see if Miami can contain or not. Yeah, for me, I'm going Casey Thompson at Texas. So Texas got embarrassed last week against Arkansas, gave up 333 rushing yards. That's all bad. Mm. Casey Thompson has now been named the starter. He hasn't played in the first half in his whole career. It's his fourth year. Yet every time he's on the field, he scores. Nine out of ten times, he has scored. I'll take your quarterback and raise you another. Brennan Armstrong playing out of his mind this season. He absolutely torched Illinois last weekend. This guy is tremendous. Can do it all with his arms, with his legs. Has a big-time showdown in Chapel Hill against Sam Howell and the Tar Heels. Okay, well, we're doing right, that. Fellas, I'll take uh, your quarterback, of- and I'll raise you another quarterback. I'm going to go <laughs> Tanner McKee from Stanford. This dude, yeah, this dude has an 89.3 QB, QBR, the best QBR in the FBS among qualified quarterbacks. It's also the best by a Stanford quarterback since Andrew Luck in 2010. He beat USC, and he might just be the reason why USC is out of a head coach. I tell you what, I'm going to take quarterbacks off the list next week. I'm going to make you guys do that. No no QBs. All right, Sam, uh, listen, you talked about Texas. No doubt that made you go out your mind. But what, what else would catch your eye in week two? Hey, so it was three things that made me go out your mind. This is a new segment we're calling it out your mind. Three things that happened. Number one, it's the USC kicker getting kicked out of the game. Everybody check this out. Opening kickoff, USC kicker. (laughs) Bomb, I hit you. I'm the guy. No, helmet to helmet. You can't do that. You're a kicker. Ejected. I love the hit if you're a linebacker, but you're not. You're a kicker. Kicker gets the boot. Play number one. He's kind of like, oh, man. That's why Clay Helton's gone. Play number two. I'm going with I'm going with Amari Huggins-Bruce. He's a freshman, a true freshman. Went four mm. for 150. But if y'all go back and watch the tape, he dropped the ball at the two-yard line. Bruh, bruh. You got to get in the end zone. Otherwise, it doesn't count. That made me go out show mine. He's going to be a beast. But the last but not least, the cat. Meow, meow. The cat at the game, hanging on by a thread, gets caught in the flag if you could see it. Help, help, help. And if y'all don't check it out, make sure to go watch it. Ah, Sibenya Merudishumo. He had the Simba moment. The cat made me go out your mind. Listen, and the cat lives. We all live. To do another day, we'll be back tomorrow, 4.30 Eastern. We'll see you then. Have a great day, everybody.